podcast about Shrill on Hulu, the latest, greatest uh, show coming from A.D. Bryant, Lauren Michaels, and crew. Uh, this is Marissa Emanuel. I'm here with Tookie. Want to introduce yourself, Tookie? Hey, I am Tookie Cavanaugh, and this is Lab Women. We are excited to talk to you guys about this awesome new show that is coming out. We are both huge comedy fans and SNL fans, and we're really looking forward to talking about all the new episodes as they drop in the next couple of months, hopefully soon enough. Um, So Tookie and I both live here in Boston. Um, Tookie, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do in life? Oi, okay. You guys even ready? I am a stand-up comic. I tell the jokes on the stage. Uh, <laughs> I've been doing that for the better part of four years now. Uh, December 2018, comic in residence at the legendary comedy studio. Uh, just making my way around uh, the Boston comedy scene. Uh, if you've been to like a Laugh Boston or Nick's Comedy Stop or Improv Boston, again, the comedy studio, those kinds of venues. I'm there fairly frequently, so you'll see me lurking in the shadows from time to time. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I, I love what I do. I absolutely love stand-up and performing, and I'm glad to be discussing a uh, TV show based around someone who also has deep involvement with the comedy world. Awesome. So that was actually how sort of Tookie and I came across each other. So I'm a <clears throat> not a stand up myself, but a uh, fan, big fan. So I do marketing by day and I see a lot of comedy by night. So I actually really relate to the Lindy West in this way where she's just a big fan and she just wants to like go hang out at the comedy club and just wants to be like total nerd out with it, totally just nerd out with these people. So <clears throat> that's how Lin- that's how Tookie and I actually met a couple years ago was I saw her do stand up and I was like I'm following her this girl on Twitter and I'm obsessed with her and so for probably like two years I just was like I'm just gonna like your tweets and like hope you like my tweets too and uh would you say that's a, a fair characterization of our friendship over the last couple of years <laughs> I deeply apologize to you for my social media <laughs> presence and to anyone who's ever come across my Twitter it is a trash fire it is it's a beautiful dumpster fire it is a lot of rants a lot of rants <laughs> a lot of a lot of healthy rage I yeah, think. yeah on both of our parts we're both we're both healthy rage tweet- tweeters i think which yeah. is why we are kindred spirits both fired up yeah exactly yeah <laughs> So we finally met in person a couple of years ago, and uh, and the rest is history. So now I'm forcing Tookie to do this podcast with oh me, my so she'll God. be my friend. I just want this is just I'm like true Lindy West form, where I'm like I'm just tricking these very funny people into being friends with me. Yeah, so. I genuinely <laughs> enjoyed our rapport online and in real life, so I'm more than happy to do this <laughs> podcast. Well, thank you guys for listening. We're excited to get started on this. So as we sit and record now, it is currently end of November 2018. Um, we are going to hope be releasing this in the next couple of weeks. Um, as so far, what we know about the show is that it is finished recording or is finished taping. They were shooting in Portland, Oregon with, over the last summer, I believe, while they were off of, on SNL. Um, they're off from SNL. Have you ever been to Portland, Oregon? I have. 
I know nothing about it. They put birds on everything. That's yeah. not... <laughs> put a bird on it. That's all I know. That is not a joke. That is real life. Oh, really? That's, yeah. That's channeled from True Life Portland. That is that is life imitating art. <laughs> I would love to go there. It's um, very... See it's, all the bird totes. It is the... Yeah, it is ground zero for hipsterdom, for sure. Because <laughs> there are fixie bikes and craft beers and like mustache wax everywhere like <laughs> <laughs> so much what like the mustache wax per capita yeah. in portland is crazy I'm it's sure. like the sheep to people ratio in new zealand <laughs> like there's more mustache wax than actual people <laughs> there's probably more like bikes than people too yeah. which like there's no no one needs to ride that many bicycles easily yeah that's amazing so they spent their summer there shooting in portland um, they wrapped, I believe, at the end of summer, maybe around August or September. Um, so, so far, there's a lot of really cool names that are involved in this that I'm really excited about. I, uh, I'm So, as I mentioned, we're big SNL fans. I, I'm sort of a Lauren Michaels, like... I just I, I put him on a pedestal. I think he's he's one of those like really smart people that touches everything that he touches is amazing. Um, but speaking of Portland and putting a bird on it, Carrie Brownstein is actually directing the second episode, which I'm super excited about because she's like the crazy weird that I love. That's going to be good. So I'm super into her. Is there anyone in particular that you're excited about that's involved in this? I just want to see AD do her thing. Oh, I know. I, I love what she does. And I love that as a fluffy woman myself <laughs> i love that fluffy woman she you know it, it, she is she fully embraces what she looks like but it's not fat guy in a little coat it's like hey this yeah. is just me this is but it's not all of me it's not everything that i i, I am i like that her character choices on snl are not always just one big fat joke like totally. there are actual layers yeah. to who she's portraying. She doesn't so. do the tropes really. Like sometimes yeah. the char- sometimes fat is part of the character, but right. it's never she's never doing it just to be the fat gross person. Exactly. So I think over the last couple of years, A.D. Bryant's really able to come into her own on SNL. And my hunch is that she's been writing more, and so she's been writing more of her own material. I would I would guess that seeing seeing the stuff that she's in now, she has a lot more say. Because mm. from what I hear, SNL is the kind of place where if you don't write, you don't get on. Yeah, that's my understanding, too. And I think I I, I think a turning point for her and I, I think we should maybe do an episode later about just like 80 Bryant best moments on mm-hmm. SNL because I could do that for like an hour. But I think that 80 Bryant uh, and Kate McKinnon doing Dyke and Fats a couple oh, yeah. of years ago, I was like, oh, that's them. Like, they did that. And that was, I think, such a perfect example of, like, weaponizing the fat thing where it's, like, it's it's not you to make fun of. It's I'm just going to do this in a way that is funny to me, and that's all I care about. Yes. I think that worked brilliantly. I think, ugh. So, yeah. so ex- I'm just really excited to see her as a, as a lead. Yeah. Like, here's a protagonist who's actually, like, a real life woman with intelligence totally. and, and it's not just that she's not reduced completely to her body parts and that's not where her value lies and it's like it's nice to see a three-dimensional fully formed character like that on screen rather than just someone whose appearance is the joke and is the entire premise of the show yeah this is something that we'll we'll talk about too as we get more into the book but i think that was something that i really identified with at the very beginning of this book mm-hmm. uh shrill uh, notes from a loud woman loud woman she uh 
she started the book off by talking about role models that she had in the media growing up of fat women. Mm-hmm. And it was just everybody was gross, right? right? It was it was the gross fat woman, with the exception of Ursula, who I think is the sexiest Disney character. You know, I have a whole <laughs> five minutes on like Disney characters and like the why the villains are always gay <laughs> or effeminate men. <laughs> Wait, and Ursula and Ursula makes an appearance. <laughs> what's your and, what's your insight on Ursula? Oh, Ursula. Uh, I mean, well, I don't go too deep into it, but I note that her character design was inspired by a drag queen from the eighties called Divine. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, I can see that though. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. If you look up the the drag queen design, who unfortunately passed away before the movie's release, like it's directly she's directly inspired by this drag queen. That is who so was cool. iconic back in the eighties. Yeah. And that explains why like Ursula is the only cool mm-hmm. fat role model that we had growing up. And then of course Jafar. Jafar, whose eyebrows look better than mine. It's is, it's <laughs> all types fears. of an issue. <laughs> That's it sucks when you look at Jafar and you're like, damn girl, you're pretty. You're right. You're real pretty. <laughs> um that's awesome. I'm I uh yeah, big but big fan of that piece and talking about mm-hmm. sort of those role models that we had and and I think AD Bryant is a really good example of that as somebody who is a well-rounded character and who is no pun intended. Yeah. Uh but is uh we're gonna take back that joke, right? So uh AD Bryant is somebody that that really shows that complexity and depth of a human being. So I'm really excited to see her have romantic connections and to have just like go through normal life and it not just to be about how she's trying to lose weight and how she's trying keto this week. Or right. Whatever. Right. Exactly. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm very thrilled to see that. And like, huh, I, how do I put this? gently so i don't scare off your listeners because i'm I'm a, I'm a lot um but yeah it's like yeah wi- women with real bodies fuck like we <laughs> we get it we get it in <laughs> we have sex lives and i love the fact that she you know really called bs on the fact that larger women are either um these sexless maternal figures mm. or just evil somehow and the and these unfair portrayals of women without these waif-like mm. malnourished bodies <laughs> you know so i i really appreciated her calling bs on that i mean there's a part of me too that also um i i look at i i when i was reading the actual book shrill um th- there's a part of me that was a little i don't know i don't know if i want to say skeptical but i'm i look at the world through a different lens which is um which is such that i live my life in the intersection of both gender and race oh my gosh this is a podcast hi guys i'm black but <laughs> so so i'm a woman of color and there are some aspects where i read i'm like mm, but does she see other the other side of this you know totally. uh and 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 I'm glad that she at least touched on the fact that throughout the book that, yeah, you know, people um, uh, that that race is a factor that people of color will experience things differently than she will. So I was really glad she acknowledged that. But, you know, bringing up um, bringing up how. What's the word? I'm ESL, too. <laughs> But bringing up how larger women are portrayed in these, in 
either of these two ve- veins, like these two really un- this unfair binary for uh, a, a portrayal for larger women. Uh, and I think about that too in the context of how black women are portrayed in the media, how it's either the Jezebel or, ooh, again, rough around the edges, listeners, uh, the, the Mammy character from way back. Like if you look at some old Tom and Jerry cartoons, where it's always the domestic who's extra wide and with an apron and what socks and sandals, which is also problematic. Just like all these things um, that, that are really messed up portrayals and how being larger seems to be a, mm, how do I, Oh man, how do I say this? You know, after shows, every now and then I get one or two women who are like, you're so articulate. And now I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks, bitch. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it, it seems that when it comes to portraying a larger woman, uh, it's not something that's necessarily exclusive to, um, to uh, white women. Anyone of any race, if you are a large woman, you can get skewered too by media and how you're portrayed and how you know with with larger white women it's like this evil gross thing but like with a larger black woman it's this asexual Mm. domestic character who you know is uh submissive and docile and so it's like it's always just this negative thing so i appreciate her i'm looking i look at it through that lens but i appreciate her acknowledging her um existence as a white woman but like there's also when i read it i'm like oh man i see this like i I, i've lived so much more of this um so much more of this now she's older Mm -hmm. than me what am i talking about but um (laughs) but like i my existence is such that i will look at some things through a different lens but still appreciate her insight on this because as a woman never mind a woman of color but as a woman of a certain size i get this treatment and i get why these particular characters and how they're portrayed is an issue it's like she's almost just scratching the surface what she's talking about is just scratching the surface right because that's her experience as an overweight white woman but there's so much more to it which is what you're talking about here is like there's so many additional layers beyond that she's laying out this really interesting surface level of of that one layer of sort of of being fat right but then as you add color or different sort of socioeconomic things into it there's all these other issues that come up as well exactly you'll be able to edit out the rambly parts right (laughs) cool (laughs) i don't know i liked it (laughs) but but yeah so i appreciate her touching on these portrayals of these characters and how this is what we're left with you know and and how we'll probably get into this later about but how um there is somewhat not a disconnect between media and what we consume and what's fed to us by media companies, by the Disney's of the world and the, you know, whoever else is pumping out TV and movies, you know, it's, you can't necessarily compartmentalize it. Like it does affect the way people treat you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that she examines a lot in the book is it's not just about, what words people are using, it really translates into what happens in the real world and how 
the how people treat each other and and these words coming from the news or photos or or stories that are being told in the media and entertainment those really seep into our brains and i think that was one of the interesting things for me reading this book as as like an overweight woman myself like there is so much there's so many judgments that even I still have these like unconscious biases almost against fat people. And it's like, girl, look at you. Like what? what is this like woman on woman crime here? That's sort of bubbling just below the surface that even I'm, I'm guilty of. And so it really does make you look at yourself in the mirror and look at a lot of assumptions that you hold. Yeah. Just thinking about everything that we've internalized, we've been forced to internalize as a culture, especially as women where, where the indoctrination and conditioning is more heavy handed towards uh, female identifying people. Mm -hmm. So it, you know, even, even if it were the case that I wasn't being ridiculed for my weight per se, the media, the way, the way TV and movies condition people to look at people who are different than them or different from what they portray as the norm. It's like, okay, well, because there are, these Jezebel type characters on TV portrayed by black women. That's what people presume black women are like. And it's like, uh, you know, I'm being sexualized at 12 or something or just, you know, Oh, you're, you're fast. You're this. So this stuff has an impact on people and it, it makes people treat you a certain way and it makes you internalize that kind of treatment and these characters and these portrayals so like i like the whole mrs potts thing oh my god the thing about her being a girl like the grandmother yeah and it was or the mother and the kid the the math behind that fascinating mm-hmm. it's like oh we are so exactly it's so internalized yeah yeah and like how you know how suddenly when you become a mom you're just this matronly teapot. <laughs> and you're elderly immediately. Right. Even when your child is four years old. Right. You're drawn as a, an 85-year-old woman. But King Triton has abs for days. Tim, yeah, King Triton is hot as heck, but Mrs. Potts is like not you don't want to you don't want to go to bed with Mrs. Potts but you know what like you said before fat girls still fuck so Mrs. Potts let's like let's get her sexied up a little bit like why is Willy Wonka why does Willy Wonka get to be a daddy who owns a chocolate factory but (laughs) Willy Wonka is kind of a daddy he's kind of a daddy right I never really thought about it that way not Johnny Depp I'm talking Gene Wilder yeah no no Johnny Webb Johnny Depp no way but Gene Wilder I mean good enough for Gilda Radner good enough for me right like who am I to judge right but like (laughs) any any woman who owns some sort or has any sort of authority like the Trunchbull yeah yes the Trunchbull was one that really struck with me is Mm -hmm. it's and I think it it sticks with you and I and I definitely want to get into this a little bit more um in the next episode when we talk about the book but um I think that one that one was one that really that type of woman where you're like loud and abrasive and I think that always sort of stuck with me and it still probably does to this day of like okay well I have to be loud and I have to be sort of this certain kind of way which you know I guess ties into the name of the podcast too is you know what let's like embrace let's embrace the loud let's embrace whatever these sort of stereotypes are some of them are real some of them are not and um i'm just we're not going to shy away from that right and why does a woman in a position of authority who knows what she's talking about have to be portrayed as evil why is she there's how is she inherently evil Mm -hmm. there i mean 
I, I really appreciate the fact that this book questions so much of that. And I really hope the TV show honors those sentiments in the book. Yeah, I agree. So I think that's, that's, you know, let's move into back into sort of the TV show is, you know, there's a lot of things that I hope translate. And I hope that aren't like super watered down. Like, I think there's a lot of really substantial conversations that can come out of this book. And there's a lot of really good points that you bring up. And like you said, there's a lot more to it than what she laid out. But I think it's a really good conversation starter. So I hope that they really, um, I think that they, I hope that they lean into that and it doesn't get too sitcom to where it's like watered down. Um, but I kind of trust Hulu. I feel like they, they let people do like weird stuff. Yeah. Don't, I mean, I just really hope they don't make it too formulaic as a sitcom Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I hope they don't cheers it. I hope, (laughs) I hope no disrespect to cheers. (laughs) Oh, we're going to get some, some enemies right out the gate. Oh, big cheers fans. Oh, snap. I didn't mean it. Got to alienate the cheers crowd and the Scientologist. Shout out to Chrissy Alley. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Whoops. Shout out to Ted Danson's hair though. Still holding up. Ted, speaking of daddies, Daddy. Ted Danson still to this day. Good place. Oh my God. Ted Danson. <laughs> like I'm, I'm down that hairline though. So good. Still intact. Held so strong. <laughs> I love it. Um, anyway. So, so, so what are your, what are your hopes and dreams from the show for the show that they, they stick to it? Yeah, I really hope that they honor what the sentiment that the, and the attitude that's laid out in this book for sure. I hope, I hope that they, um, lift some of the writing too. I hope some of the writing and some of the original text makes it into the script. Yeah. Especially like cutaways with the footnotes. So good. Parents poop out of their vaginas. I need that. (laughs) That's such a great footnote. I learned something. (laughs) But it's so true. It's, I think one of the advantages or one of the cool things about this book is because she is such a like, and I don't mean this flippantly, but she's such a writer, right? She is a writer's writer. Like her, it, her the way she positions things are so beautiful sort of in a lot of ways the way they are it would be really cool if they found a way to incorporate whether it was through voiceover or something to incorporate some of those really uh, strong nuggets that are just sort of beautifully written and really clearly communicate a really powerful idea yeah it is I mean the jokes in there are so strong and the narrative as a whole the way she really fleshes out a picture yeah really work and even and like you said like with um even if it were the case that it, it appears in voiceover somehow, mm. I really hope they keep a lot of her writing in there because her voice, her mind is such an integral part of this whole story. Yeah. And to not include that would be a disservice to the viewers and to her and to comedy and to women <laughs> and women in comedy right. whose voices should be heard and who like, Ah, this is her, this is a show about her and her life, and it, and she should be in it as much as possible. Mm-hmm. As much of her and her voice should be involved. Yeah, I totally agree with you. So, speaking of sort of this being her voice, that kind of thing, we don't know a whole lot about the show. One of the things that we do know is it. I believe it is not going to be positioned as a pure like autobiographical perspective. Um, I think it's more fictionalized. So the lead character, A.D. Bryant's character, is uh, has a different name. Her name is Annie. So mm-hmm. I think it's not really going to be, you know, so I'll be curious to see how they pull the stories from her life without it being about her. Um, so that's one of the things we know. What else do we know? So 
<clears throat> so there's six episodes. The first season is going to be six episodes, mm-hmm. which is pretty short, but they did pick it up full series um, or full full season, which they don't always do. So that's a good sign, but it'll be sort of a quick, a quick little first season. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if they decide to pick that up for a longer run. I think that's kind of, I, I, I mean, I don't mind it. I wish they had given it a full season. I wish there were enough trust. Yeah. For a show about a female protagonist <laughs> who's not the standard of beauty. That's totally what it is, too. Is it's like, all right, let's see if this weird little show right. does well or not. Right. Because, I mean, Community could have been a little six-episode, <laughs> no shade, but all the shade. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, shows that center around male protagonists, they, they don't, they don't, uh, we're not given a little, a little beer flight. We're not given the... <laughs> the sampler version of it it's like we go all in mm-hmm. on these shows like a like a crashing even and i'm like i'm yeah. sitting here i'm like i'm watching a white dude fail up and, <laughs> but this is like full show with full seasons and right. so i'm like uh, of course a show with a a, a, a a woman protagonist who's not you know a kate upton type mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. Whatever you imagine to be a, a leading lady in the mainstream TV world. Uh, of course, it's only going to get like half a season. Right. But I'm glad they're at least putting enough faith. Like once realizing what this show is and what it's about and what it mean, what it could possibly mean to the, the audience that sees this. I'm glad they're at least giving it more of a shot. Yeah, completely. I, I really... I'll, I'll it'll be interesting to see how quickly they pick up an, a, a second season I think that'll be really indicative of like how successful that they're seeing it um so we know so we've got six episodes right now we don't have an exact release date it's looking like probably early 2019 mm-hmm. um based on sort of the whisperings that are happening on on the internet so hopefully we'll get something in January or February like I mentioned before, we've got Elizabeth Banks, Lauren Michaels, who are executive producers. Aidy Bryant is also a co-executive producer, which is which I think is awesome because she's like, as we said before, I think she writes for herself really well. Like yeah. she knows what works for her. So I'm optimistic that she'll have her hand in the pot there. Um, we've got, yeah, we've got uh, Julie Sweeney coming back to screen, which are you a big Julie Sweeney gal? I'm excited for her because... She, you know, that's old school SNL. Totally. I think it was 90 to 94. I looked it up earlier. Yeah. Like, and that's sort of a lost era. I feel like there aren't a whole lot of people who we really remember from the early 90s. It was sort of that, that, that brief time. Yeah. But I mean, if we're being real, Julia Sweeney is a couple slices short of a loaf, but (laughs) fun to watch. So I'm curious as to how she'll be utilized for that. Super fun to watch. I heard that she has been she took about 10 years off to like raise a kid and stuff. And this is her first thing back in, in LA and back in the Uh sort of in the rat race of it all. But that whole thing, I mean, I don't want to go off on too, too (laughs) far of a tangent, but like, why do women have to take all the time off? True. It's so true. I mean, yeah, you have to like make an actual departure from your career and then a grand return 10 years later. That's wild to me. It's nuts that it works out that way, but I'm glad she's back. Yeah, I'm 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 curious to see what she will have on the table. I'm also really curious to see how many more people of color are incorporated into the show because I mm-hmm. think that's important too. Like she mentions like her relationship with um whose dude's name? I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. I'm so bad with names. I know. And then um <laughs> Hari Kondabolu. Yep. W Kamal Bell. Mm-hmm. You know, but 
there are a lot of men of color listed. I'm curious about, I mean, personal bias, but I'm curious about how women of color will be totally. incorporated into the story because it's not like we don't completely exist in the comedy world. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. <laughs> I'm here. Hi. But, you know, I'm, I'm curious because um, this is a story about women and I'm hoping to see more than just one face of woman represented mm-hmm. here because, again, this is, I, I, appreciate and respect the fact that this is her story this is her perspective and i can get that but i'm also looking at it from a lens of like someone who is doubly marginalized in the world right and looking for more of a say and more of a voice and it's like ooh, us too how are we in there yeah yeah of course and i now that i'm thinking about it there aren't at least the way the book is written there are not a lot of supporting women it's a lot of men in her life mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily a, a lot of a lot of women so i'll be interested to see how she does that in all fairness comedy is very dude heavy it is right. <laughs> for better or worse it is all ugh, there's so much y chromosome in there i can't <laughs> so i i get it it's a very like a bunch of like i have more man friends oh no i don't like that term. man friends gentlemen ha- yeah friends. but a lot of my friends in comedy are male i'm part of a a, a, to- a semi-touring comedy group called team rocket boner shout out to david and johnny nice. but like so it's a it's a dude heavy thing but i'm so i'm just really curious about how more women will pop up and how they'll be incorporated into the story. Totally. I mean, if they're really, if they're trying to sort of demonstrate a wider view, a wide, take a wider lens on this conversation, I think that that would be a really good way to incorporate more perspectives into this sort of, this issue, this core issue of weight or whatever it is. Let's try to incorporate some different views on it. Yeah. Too. So, th- so we have a couple more months until we find out. I think that, you know, there's not a whole lot that we know yet. So that's that's kind of it. We know a couple of big names are involved. We know it's going to be six episodes. We're looking at an early 2019 release date. Uh, and that's about all we got. I think we're, we'll be here recapping it for you, talking about what we like and what we didn't like. And uh, mm-hmm. we're really looking forward to digging into each of the episodes. We'll put out a couple more episodes before the show drops. We'll talk about any of the new casting announcements or anything that's coming out. We'll do another episode about uh, about the book. We'll do a little bit more of a deep dive, and we'll we'll put out a couple more couple a little bit more fun content for you guys before the season kicks off. So, uh, thanks for joining us here today. We're uh, looking forward to keeping it going, and uh, thanks for being here with me today, Tookie. Yay! Thank you again for listening. Uh, we'll be spilling so much tea. So much tea. We'll talk to so you guys much. very soon. Bye. Bye.